Marriage is not easy. It's downright challenging, to say the least. That's why there are so many divorces. It gets so tough. We start our marriage series today, and I am so excited for these conversations that we have in store. The enemy is coming after marriage, and it is time to shake things up. It's time to show him that he has no hold on our marriages and that we are going to push past all he is bringing at us and step into the amazing calling God has for our marriage. It's not easy. It takes work. It takes time. It takes energy, emotions, and difficult conversations, or not having that conversation when we really want to say our piece, and then we just want to have the final say, but we keep our mouth shut. Sometimes that's hard. God's design for marriage is amazing. Let's dive in, Mama. Hey mama, welcome to Restored Mama. Do you wish your days didn't go by in a blur because you are so busy? Ready to kill it as a homeschool mom trying to juggle home, family, and business as well? Does it feel like you're just trying to survive the day until you put your kids to bed? Do you need a time management strategy to balance it all? Hey, I'm Jen. I too was a mom that was trying to do it all but accomplishing nothing. I too felt worn out and drained and wished for freedom and balance in my life. I wanted to enjoy life and live out the calling God placed on me, but I kept telling myself life was always going to be this busy and I would never escape being that hot mess mom who lost her identity to motherhood until I found structure and time management strategies that actually work. In this podcast, you will find ways to prioritize to help you balance it all, learn habits to bring ease in your day, God-centered conversations to help you focus on what is really important and ways to enjoy motherhood so that you will be able to go to bed feeling accomplished and loving life again. Warm up that cold coffee, kick up your feet. You deserve a break. It's Christmas time. This is my favorite time of year and I get so giddy whenever the season comes. I get so excited about it, but I have an extra exciting reason to be giddy this Christmas. Stay tuned until the end to hear the big news. Hint, it has nothing to do with the business. Okay, let's get into the conversation for today. What is God's design for marriage? Sometimes we have no idea, or sometimes we think we know, but we really don't see it. We don't understand. We're so bogged down by the frustration and the stress and the rough patches in our marriage that we forget that God actually designed marriage. In Genesis 2, 18 through 25, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, and the man and his wife were not ashamed. 
These verses of the first marriage are the basis for practically everything else the Bible says when it comes to marriage. It also gives us many principles which, if we apply them, they can really enable us to build solid and satisfying marriages that really glorify God, which is the whole purpose. This teaches us that God designed marriage to meet our need for companionship and to provide a picture of our relationship with him. Adam needed a companion, and God created him one, which was Eve. God's design for marriage has been attacked for centuries, but the enemy is coming at it in a whole new way this generation. God created marriage to be beautiful, a lifelong commitment between a man and a woman. And not to get on any soapbox here, it's not the purpose of this episode, but now with marriage and gender being attacked, the sanctity of God's creations is being diminished. God created man and woman. Man and woman. We were created differently for a reason. Body parts aside, our entire makeup is different. The way our brain works, the way our bodies work, the way our emotions and thoughts work. We were made different so we can complement each other. So when one person has a flaw or a fault or isn't good at something or just can't think through things in a specific way or they're just not great at something, their spouse can lift them up. They can help them in those areas. They can grow stronger together and do more mighty things for God's kingdom than they ever could when they were alone. With the attack that's been coming at marriage, man and man, woman and woman, or those that decide that they have no gender and they want to be cats. Don't get me started on that one. That could be a whole episode if I were to just rant on that one. Then there's the ease of divorce. Instead of really pushing through and actually fighting for your marriage when things get difficult. Now, I'm not meaning when there's abuse in a marriage. If there is abuse, you need to get to safety and seek godly counsel as to what to do next. God created marriage for companionship, partnership, love, sex, intimacy, not just physical intimacy, emotional and mental and physical intimacy. To be with someone who knows you better than anybody else. To have a best friend. Someone to do life with. And a way to show those around you what God's love really is. Humans were created with a need for companionship. We were not created to do life alone. Marriage was designed to fulfill that. Imagine Adam walking in the garden with Jesus, like they were best buds. But still, Adam was lonely, and God saw that he needed a companion. And that's where Eve came in. When God saw that Adam needed a companion, a partner, that's when he created Eve out of Adam's rib. But it wasn't just Adam and Eve then. It was then the three of them. Eve didn't replace Adam's time walking with Jesus in the garden, but she joined them. God was at the center of their companionship. Adam didn't get Eve and then say, ta-ta, Jesus, I've got someone better, see you later. If you're not married or you're in a marriage that doesn't have a good connection or you guys just feel like roommates, maybe you're lonely, like Adam. This is why God created marriage to fulfill that longing for partnership. No judgment if you feel lonely. God should fulfill all your needs. But it doesn't mean that you don't crave the companionship. That's the way you were created. It is okay. 
You don't have to feel bad because you crave something else. God does fulfill all your needs, and he needs to be first. But it doesn't mean you don't need that partnership. You don't need that companionship. God is the author of marriage. He designed it for a reason. Marriage is far more than two people just coming together because they love each other. There is something truly holy in marriage. You each were created with a purpose, separately. But then God brought you two together. As the verse I read in the beginning said, two are now one. Your purpose is now together. It doesn't mean you don't have individual things that God has called you to. But there are things that you were called to do together. But your marriage is ministry as well. When you start to see God's view of what marriage should be, you start to view your own marriage totally differently. You aren't meant to complete each other. That's not why you're created. Your husband isn't lacking something and God created you to fulfill that lack. Yes, you complement each other and there are faults that you have that your husband can help lift you up in. There's faults that your husband has that you can help lift him up in and help him in. That's the beauty of the partnership, but you aren't supposed to complete each other. You're meant to show what God's love is to those around you through your marriage and your love for each other. You're meant to be each other's companion. God didn't say to Adam, you aren't enough. You need a woman to complete you. He said you need a companion and a helper suitable to you. God didn't say to Eve, now you're created and Adam completes you. No, it was about partnership and companionship and walking and doing life together in the garden. Of course, even when you are married and your marriage is great, you still need friends and people in your life and a community. We talk about community so much here in Restored Mama because it's so crucial to building the life that you're created to live. We were built for community, but your marriage is your primary source of companionship. That is the the whole amazing design that God used for marriage. Since God designed marriage, he desires to be at the center of yours. I heard someone say a long time ago that marriage is like a triangle. God at the top, the husband and wife at the bottom. But then the closer the husband and wife move to God at the top, the closer they move together. If you envision two points on the triangle on the bottom, the closer they get to the top point, the closer they get as well. And it just becomes a smaller triangle. And that is what happens when God is at the center and you each individually and together Work on moving closer to God. When you both focus on your relationship with God, your marriage will grow and you two will become closer than ever. Marriage isn't easy. It's not. No matter how great a marriage looks from the outside, there are struggles, no matter who you are. My husband and I have a great marriage now. We still have moments and things were really rough in the beginning. Good things usually aren't easy. So many people at the first sign of trouble or heartache, they just decide to throw in the towel. They decide it's easier to give up than to stick with it, push through the hard to get to the good. But you got to push through the hard if you want to be in the good. If you listen to the first marriage season I did last year, I had my husband on a few episodes and I'll link that series in the show notes for you so you can go there easily. We talked about some of the struggles we had in the beginning of our marriage. Communication was a huge problem, and we'll address that in an upcoming episode in this marriage series. 
but it was also expectations, which we will also talk about in a deeper in a deeper way in another episode. We didn't look at our marriage through a biblical lens. That was the problem. We expected each other to complete the other person. I think I did more than he did. I had a higher expectation for him to complete me. And I didn't see it as a ministry. And I don't think my husband did either. We went into it selfishly as an I need this from you attitude instead of how God would desire us to go into a marriage with his love and an attitude of how can I serve you? Service, that is a tough one. But it it needs to be an attitude of how can I serve you? Especially in a marriage. I have an entire episode devoted to that as well. So many good things coming up. But when you come into a marriage, like God comes into his relationship with you, with a servant's heart and a servant's attitude, out of love and affection and compassion, that is when you will see change because you have a godly attitude. We struggled a lot in the beginning of our marriage. We went through a lot of trials and storms and some of it was just life, like our miscarriages and financial hardships. And then just the basics of blending families since we were both coming into the marriage with kids of our own. And then some were just because of our own decisions and our own selfish attitude. And because we didn't see God's purpose in marriage. We knew and we thought God was at the center, but he really wasn't. He was an afterthought. And the way we treated each other and spoke to each other completely revealed that clearly. So how did we come out of that? And on the other side, because things are so good now. Now, don't get me wrong. We're far from perfect and we each still have our moments and we're always striving to grow and get stronger in our marriage. I've even told you some of those moments that we've had recently in episodes here. I don't hide it. I don't want to pretend like everything is perfect because this is real and you're coming to me for guidance and direction and wisdom. And I don't want to put on some air of perfection because I'm not. But because I'm not perfect, because I rely on God, that is why things are good. The thing is, we learned how to work through everything that comes up in love. Each struggle we have, whether big or small, we come out of it stronger now because we have put Christ at the center. We see God's purpose in our marriage. We look at each other in love. Even when we may not be thrilled with the, with the other person in the moment, because trust me, I get irritated with him and I know he gets irritated with me. But no matter the feelings and emotions we have in the moment, we still look at the other person with love and treat the other person with love and respect. Our love for each other is not contingent on the other person's actions or words. Love is a choice. It's not all about the the frilly little feelings of butterflies in your stomach. That's why so many marriages are failing because they don't feel like they're in love with the person anymore. But it is a choice. There's a reason when you say your vows through good and bad, through sickness and health. When things are bad, when things are at its worst, you choose to love the other person. When things are good and so good, you still have to choose to love the other person. It's because my husband is a child of God. God gave him to me, and I want to honor God in my actions and my words 
and my attitude, whether I feel like it or not. I love him because God loves him. I love him because God trusted me to be his wife. We have each worked on our own personal relationship with God. And as we did that, we completed the triangle. We grew closer to God, and in turn, we grew closer to each other. So what if you feel like you're the only one in the marriage that cares? The only one that wants to change your marriage for the better? The only one that wants to grow and connect? Maybe your spouse thinks you're fine. Maybe your spouse thinks things are fine or is totally oblivious to the fact that things aren't great right now. Maybe your spouse doesn't care if things change or they don't and they don't want to put the effort in. They just want to ride the waves. You aren't alone. I'm blessed to have a husband that cares and wants our marriage to continue to grow. But I have worked with many women who are not so blessed in that area. It takes a lot of help from God and encouragement and someone to walk through it with you as you wait to see that change. You can go to a pastor or a friend that gives you godly advice. That's the key. Godly advice. Not someone that's going to say, oh yeah, you should just give up because it's not worth it. Things are going to be so much easier if you just throw in the towel and go find somebody else and start over. That is not the type of person you want to be talking to. We all have those friends that are just going to placate to you. Don't talk to them. Talk to somebody who is close with Jesus that is going to give you godly counsel and advice. Whether that's a close friend or a pastor or a mentor or a Christian counselor. Or you can book with me and I can help you, pray with you, and walk through it with you as you go through this. But really, this is where you have to trust and rely on God. God is so good. He brought you together, and he is the author and creator of all good things. He is so good. Just get on your knees, pray fast, whatever you need to do. But God is where the things will change. There's a lot of things in the natural you can do, but in everything that you do, it needs to be Christ-centered. Before you talk about things that are bothering you, pray. Ask God to give you the right words to say and the right way to say it so that he can understand and actually hear what you're saying because you don't want your husband to just be oblivious and the words that you're saying go in one ear and not the other because you're just rambling and talking. That is not going to get you anywhere and that's most likely going to cause some type of argument or make things worse. If you go into that conversation with him in prayer, and ask God to give you the right words to say and the right way to say it, it's going to help that conversation. I don't mean sit and be silent, but it also doesn't mean you need to say everything on your mind. Some, this is amazing, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If you're anything like me, it's hard. It is so hard. But some of the biggest changes in our relationship came from me praying and being silent. Yep, I know. Not easy. Not what I like to do. I mean, I have a podcast. Obviously, I like to talk. (laughs) It's a gift God has given me, and I'm using it for good. But a lot of the struggles in our marriage came because I didn't want to be silent. I saw my mom in her marriage. I saw her silent in a lot of things. And maybe she talked about things behind the scenes, but I never saw my parents talk through things. And she just sat back and was silent. And then 35 years later, 
said what she wanted, and they got divorced. Now, that's very, very generalized. There was a lot of things within those 35 years, and I don't know everything, but she didn't talk about it. She didn't talk through it. And so I took it to the whole extreme. It's like, I'm not going to be silent. I'm going to talk about everything because he needs to know. Because I'm not going to just sit back and let him talk to me that way. That's not okay. And so I took it to a whole extreme. And I said everything that was on my mind, whether it was appropriate or not, rude or not, I said it. And it did not work. We had some of our biggest, biggest arguments because I felt like I needed to say what was on my mind. I need, needed to say my piece, right? I'm not going to just sit and be silent. I'm not going to be one of those women. And that is the attitude I had. I wasn't always silent when something happened and I knew I needed to speak up now, now that I realize that there are moments that we need to be silent and moments we need to speak, but there's a balance. When I knew I needed to speak up and it wasn't a moment to be silent, I went into the conversation in prayer and the words would just flow out. And he wouldn't get defensive because a lot of times the way I would start conversations ended up causing him to be defensive because the words that I used and the way I said it, it stirred up emotions from his past marriage or things that happened in the beginning of our marriage when I would say things that were not kind and it stirred up those emotions and he would just automatically get to that defensive state. But when I went into it with prayer, the words flowed. And those conversations, I could feel God's presence. He was there. And those are the conversations that resulted in a huge change in our marriage. Sometimes you need to speak up. And sometimes you need to pray and be silent. Like I said, I did not do a good job at praying and be silent, being silent in the beginning. But now I go into everything in prayer. And I know if it's something that I need to be silent about. And I know if it's something that I need to talk through. I know that's pretty vague, but when you're focused on God and you're praying for your marriage at each situation that comes up, the Holy Spirit will tell you and he will guide you when it's time to be silent and when it's time to speak up and what to say. So just trust him and what he is showing you. While you're praying and waiting for change, work on you. I'm not perfect and you aren't perfect. As much as we want to think we are sometimes, we aren't. I like to think I'm perfect, but I know I'm not. I'm realistic. (laughs) As much as we want to think we are, we're not. There are always things that we need to be working on in ourselves. So work on you. And as you work on you, focus and grow closer to God. Things will begin to transform that you don't even realize. The Restored Mama Method is one of the best ways that you can focus on all the areas of your life. Your walk with God, Time management, your perspective, your mental state, your emotional state, boundaries, priorities, and so much more. We work through it all, and you get six months of group coaching with me. We can tackle these areas, and we can talk through things in your marriage, too. I'm not a therapist, but I've been there, and God has given me wisdom and insight when it comes to marriage, parenting, and motherhood. I asked for wisdom, and he gave it to me, and that is what I'm using to help you. It is my joy to help you and see that transformation in your life, in your marriage, in your motherhood, in your parenting. Head over to RestoredMama.com and check it out through the holidays, all the way through December 31st. I think there's 31 days in December. 
all the way through the holidays till the end of 2023. There's a special discount so you can get started on this journey and start next year off better than you ever hoped. All the details are there on the website, restoredmama.com. I love you, Mama. I can't wait to see you in the Restored Mama Method and get to know you better. Get to know your face. Get to know who you are because I have been praying for you. I just don't know your name. Okay, are you ready for the big news? Oh, it's so exciting. We're pregnant. I know, I've joked around about how if I could convince my husband to have another, I would. But even if I had, I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready to have another baby. We were really trying not to. But God had other plans. We were shocked. And admittedly, I cried when I first found out. I'm finally losing the weight. I'm getting down to the size I wanted to be. I'm feeling good. I've got energy. I'm sleeping at night. I'm in a really good place in my business. I've got speaking engagements. How am I supposed to do speaking engagements with a newborn baby? Like all these things are happening. And having a baby seems like it would just put a damper on all of it. Having a baby just changes it all. But all that is just superficial. We got over the shock. I only cried for a moment. (laughs) And we are so excited to add another baby to the McGraw household. So much to figure out over the next few months. There's a lot. Our house isn't very big. We've got to figure out arrangements for that. Lots of things, but it's going to be amazing. And God knew this baby was coming, so it isn't a surprise to him. He had this planned all along, but this is going to be the one that we didn't know we needed, but it's the perfect completion to our family. So we're so excited. And that's the big, big news. Yay! All right, Mama, let me pray over you and your marriage real quick, and then I will see you in the next marriage episode. Thank you, God, for bringing these mamas here and for showing them how they can grow in their marriage. Thank you for giving me the wisdom and the insight to be able to help them. And thank you for allowing them to trust me and to trust the words that you're speaking through me. And I pray that as they walk through their day, that You would give them peace and comfort knowing that you are in this marriage, that you have a plan and a purpose, and that despite everything that is a struggle right now or that feels like it's hopeless, that you have a plan. You know what is happening. You know what is going to happen. And you are right there walking beside them. But I pray for mamas listening right now that you would give them a hope for their marriage a hope for the future that you have planned and in store for them and give them patience and a determination to fight. And I pray for their husbands right now that they would see and their eyes would be opened to the things that need to be worked on in their marriage so that they would fight as well. But I pray that husbands and wives right now would come together and fight together to grow their marriage into what you have called them to be together so that they can be a light to this world and show others your love and that they can have that companionship that you have created them for. Thank you, God, for the amazing plans you have for these families and the reason that you have brought them together. God, you are so good, and I am so excited to see what you have in store for them. Amen. 
Thank you so much for hanging out with me. If you liked the episode, please take a moment to leave a review. This helps to get Restored Mama out there into the world to help more mamas like you find the joy and freedom in the restoration God has waiting for them. If you like Mama's show, leave a review. It will help her get seen. I would love to hear your story, where you're at, and what you're hoping to learn and gain from Restored Mama. Send me an email at restoredmamapodcast.gmail.com to fill me in on your journey. I can't wait to hang out with you again next time. Until then, I hope this has blessed you today, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do in your life.